three, two, one. And we're live with another week's episode of The East Show with your host, Ed and Stu. How you doing, Stu? Oh, I'm absolutely fantastic, Ed. Absolutely fantastic. How are you? It's been a good week for me. Oh, has it? How's your week? Yeah. How are you? What, what have you been up to? Just uh, done, well, not done a lot. Really, it was a good week for me by comparison. I just wanted to immediately get into the shit heaping. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay. Um, well, <laughs> it was more. I suppose I was referring to the football, um, both real life football and fantasy football, um, that resulted in you tilting and not showing up to our weekly poker game. Well, that pretty much happened from seven o'clock onwards. As soon as Klopp had decided to rest Salah, who was my triple captain. Um, and I actually picked him over De Bruyne because I thought De Bruyne might get rested or he might not play as many minutes. So for him to get rested there, I just think the most frustrating thing was, yeah, the team was out of form, but Salah wasn't like madly out of form. I, I can understand maybe rotating Firmino, but I think he showed Burnley a bit too much um, disrespect there. It's like Chapman 101. It's, you roll out your players, get the job done in 60 minutes and then take people off. Like, I don't care about this FA Cup tie. Beating Burnley, especially given the run that Liverpool were on, was much more important than the, the Man U game tomorrow. Like, I would have had no issue with them playing a completely second-string team tomorrow anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, ask- was, that was frustrating. I think we played okay in the first half. Second half, once Salah came on, we had about 10 minutes where we looked like, you know, we're back to our sort of old selves. I still think that the final ball isn't quite there. Um but it just made me think if they'd started the game with these players on, then we could have beasted them for like 30 minutes and, you know, been a couple of goals up. I mean, Pope had a good game and obviously they got a bullshit penalty. Um, you know, they, Burnley weren't in it whatsoever. But, um, yeah, these things happen. It's it's five games now. I think Liverpool are creating chances. I say they're, they're not... Uh, Origi should have scored. Salah... I mean, it was a good save by Pope. It was near post. So it was a good reaction. But I think, you know, Salah could have shot on the other side of the goal. I think they had an XG of two. And it's just all of these games, yeah, they they should have scored more goals. Some of it is they just need that bit of luck because the ball just doesn't seem to be falling um, to people in the box. Or in fact, Firmino had one as well that was cleared off the line. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've had chances. And comparing that to Man U, who played midweek and created some chances but basically had a wonder goal from outside the box and then the goalie palming it to Cavani you know two yards out um yeah it's um all all that sort of stuff is falling the wrong way for Liverpool at the moment I won't make a direct comparison with United because their attacking play I think is still slightly better than ours at the moment um and they, they they're finding a way to win games which is good um well good for them uh and they, they actually they they look quite decent down the left hand side sometimes, which has been missing. Like Manny was pretty pretty absent from that game, and that sort of interplay with Wijnaldum, Robbo, and Manny down the left hand side has sort of disappeared. And Thiago's really good, and for 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 times has been our best player, but um, he's on a slightly different wavelength from from the rest of the team. Um, yeah, so I mean, there we are. If we were, uh, you know, let's. I think Firmino, Firmino is bad, and you you need a striker that can score goals. That's the reality, and you can't keep saying he's good in chilling and all that. You need someone that can actually finish. 
and he's absolutely he's absolutely shocking in front of goal. It's all well good being the workhorse and interplay, but if Manny or Salah aren't banging, you don't really have an outlet for goals. Well, that's the thing. We only really it's our front three that score. Like there's not many people chipping in apart from that. Um, yeah. But three, losing three. losing Jota was massive for that reason because he was he was scoring a, a lot of goals. But I also just don't think we're getting enough people in the box. Like we're whipping all these crosses in, but quite often, you know, if it's on one side, Mane's not you know, not quite in the box. And the other side, you know, Salah doesn't actually get in the box anywhere near enough. Um, so yeah, there's that. We're missing Jota. I agree, Firmino's not doing well in front of goal, but he's also, we're not we're not going for like the full gig and press at the moment anyway. You know, we're, we're not like right on top of people. Like for some points in games we are, but generally we're not completely. And part of that's to do with the fact that I think we can't play quite as high a line. Um, and the full-backs and everything can't be quite as pushed up as they would otherwise be because we don't have basically Gomez and, and Va- or just Van Dyke is all you need. You can have you can have Van Dyke and well, you've got yeah. a lot to say about the topic. But let me ask you this: just let me ask you this: Are you in a top four battle right now? Actually, I think if you look at the table, we could even be cut adrift. Um, that's what I mean. So are you are you now in a fight for top four? Is the league gone? No, the league's not gone. But for the last three games, I've just been I've been I think to myself, wow, they've not played well and they've maybe not got results. So if if Liverpool were to turn around and then turn it on now, and this was this period of the season was all to be forgotten about, then it would do a sort of disservice to it because if they could actually come through this and still win the league, it would be unbelievable but it would still have been unbelievable had they not got one point from the last two games as well um i think they still can do it uh you need to buy some i don't think they will buy anyone i i think the problem with buying a center back is that it would it would take them quite a long time to learn the system so unless they're absolutely top draw um they're not going to improve the team very much and and it and from like a financial planning point of view, they know that Gomez and Van Dijk are both going to be back for next season. So it's it's like what's the point, sort of thing. Yeah, you, you need a, you, you probably do need another a third top top drawer centre back though. Ide- yeah, ideally, yeah. But we so we, we don't have it, as much money to chuck about there. But yeah, if this season's shown us anything, then there's that. But I think for centre back in particular, it's very difficult to just come in and be amazing given the system that we play so yeah i'm worried about you know if we lose to tottenham let me just pull up the table here um so liverpool yeah so you got united played 19 on 40 city played 1838 leicester played 1938 and then liverpool played 1934 so and then tottenham played 1833 so if tottenham beat liverpool There'll be two points above them with a game in hand. Let's say they won that, then you're looking at being potentially six, seven, eight points off top four. Um, yeah, you're getting into Arsenal territory. You're getting into Man United uh, last territory. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to lay the list on too thickly. But at some point, what at what point does top four become your goal? You know. Is it? Is it? Or, or if I mean, put it this way: if I said to you, I can guarantee you finish third, you just you, you take that? No, That's... no way. No, I don't. I don't think they're out of the title race. I guarantee you 
second, United first. Do you take that? What? You heard it. Guaranteed second. <laughs> United first. No, I definitely United. don't take that. That's that's the worst possible outcome. <laughs> well, no. First loser. Um, no, the, people are saying their next six games are tough, but I think they, they sort of need that a little bit. Um and maybe not playing against the teams that are parking the bus, although obviously, man, you park the bus as well, so it's like most teams are parking the bus. Write a reply. United, I think, first of all, they grew into the game. There was The commentators were saying it, and there was that, that obvious bit of disbelief. Liverpool just didn't play well. United had the best chances. Um, and I don't think they parked the bus at all. I think United, it was, it was set up for, yeah, but I think both teams didn't want to lose, but I don't think United parked the bus at all. I think Spurs will be a bad game for you. I think you couldn't go to a worse place with a worse manager who'll just want to like stick the knife in probably more than anyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm worried about Sonny on the counter attack. Um, yeah, yeah. A big worry if Liverpool don't don't win that game. But you know they can beat anyone, so I'm I'm not so worried about it. I think these next six game, I think it's a good selection of teams, and we'll see where we are after that. Uh, you know, we're we're just halfway through the season now, and we're still in touching distance. The reality is we should have been about eight points clear. Um, you know. Well, it is about reality and the reality is you're not. Anyway, let's, this is, this is the Man United fans little moment of, I mean, no doubt that the, the season will finish. Man United will scrape into fourth in the last game of the season. Leicester having to drop points or something awful like that again, you know. Leicester, can... Leicester against Man U, that's, that's an interesting one as far as who will finish top. Because I'm, I think Man U have been riding their luck quite a lot recently. If Man U bring in someone, that that'll be interesting. And I heard someone, I think it, maybe it was FMO FPL pod, they were saying about if they had brought in Grealish or Sancho at the start of the season, then they legitimately, you know, would be title contenders. Yeah, Greenwood's not really pushed on. He's not really been getting the minutes. And Martial's Van- been crap as well. Yeah. Yeah, Van der Beek's not and, getting And Rashford's not being great. Yeah, well, Pop is obviously... I don't know if he's like decided to just like give it his all for the last four months he's going to be in a United shirt, but... To get a, um, get a transfer. Thing they have to obviously... They're still forcing him into the team a little bit, but his performances have been good, and he is scoring some good goals, so... Um, I mean, you can never... even. You know, a shitty victory is still a victory, and they're still picking up the wins. You know, I've watched quite a lot of their games, and they've been slightly fortuitous in some of them. Although, in fairness, they've not had a penalty in a while, which is usually what keeps them ticking over. The big thing for—I mean, I expect Man City to run away with it, but the big thing for me, if De Bruyne's out for five or six games, that could could be massive. Um, I was looking at Man City's Man City team, and I was thinking of this to talk to you about on this on the pod. Do you think the quality of teams, the quality of um, first 11s has gone down in the last few years? For Man City? In the league in general. I mean, Liverpool haven't really changed their team at all. Um, United use an awful lot of homegrown players. But yeah, City, I suppose, would be the one because they've not really brought in any world beaters. They sign a lot of defenders. Their top players uh, in De Bruyne and Aguero have been out injured for big parts of the season. So yeah, the quality in the league at the top teams does seem to be a little bit lower. Which is probably why it's such a cl- close thing this season. Yeah, Leicester. and that's why Leicester, you know, Leicester solid do. team, know what they're about, have a few star players, have a great defence, decent manager, um, you know, keep picking up the points. Uh, City, yeah, I think he's, he's so wedded to the system 
but it seems like the system is starting to work now, albeit they are, they are being a bit more defensive. And I expect that if they were to sign anyone in uh, this window, it'll be another Spanish centre-back that I've never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I think it'll all happen this summer. Like, I'm worried that they're going to sign Grealish. Like, apparently, Grealish has been more linked with United, but I'm worried about players like Haaland and Grealish going to City because then they'd be unbelievably good. Like, if they could get a player like Grealish who can car carry the ball, I feel that's that sort of X factor is what they're missing. Um, I mean, if they, I don't understand. They're basically saying Foden's not good enough if they sign Grealish because they're quite similar players. Yeah, well, that's the story of this first half of the season as to why Foden hasn't played, and now you know every time he gets a game, he seems to be pretty good. But um, Gundogan's another one. I mean, he's been all over FPL Twitter because everyone's bringing him in for KDB. People have been talking about him for a while, and I was mostly on the side of it. The defenders a better value, and you know he's not—he's a defensive midfielder at heart, so he's not really um, worthwhile. But having said that, he's—he is playing more advanced. He's been given a different role. He basically has has been given the David Silver role, and he's on penalties. And one thing that sort of drove it home a bit more than that to me was um, FPL General was saying if they were pricing Gundogan now, he wouldn't be five five; he'd be ten million. I think ten's a bit excessive, but I think he'd probably be eight and a half. You gonna bring him in? I don't know because I've got so many other issues with my team. I'd, I've got Melier in goal, and I might need to sub him out as well. Um, so, I mean, and I, I also sort of want to bring in Antonio. I've got Martial, but then I might hold Martial and bring in Ings. But then if I do that, I'm basically never gonna get Antonio. I feel like I'm just losing every week. Like it's one thing having differentials in your team, but not having Antonio when everyone else has him just seems horrendous because. He just always seems to pop up with like one. It's like the opposing team always just seem to gift him like an unbelievable chance in the box every game. Um, a bit like Danny Ings, in fairness. But yeah, for 6.4 million or whatever he is now, Antonio's sort of must have. Um, Martial obviously needs out my team. So I've got Martial, Melier, and De Bruyne that need out. And I can't go without Son from next week. So I was thinking of just doing KDB to Son this week, even though he's playing Liverpool. I've only got one free transfer, but then I'll probably have to take a hit as well to bring in another goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I, I wildcarded last week, as, as I think we spoke about, and then I, my build was a lot of my build was because I was based around the fact that it was just 11.8 11 to ring in KDB. And so it's just horrible now. Basically, it's just wasted the wild card because it, it looks like it'll be either a minus four or just a sideways transfer for him to Son or him to Sterling. Um, and I've got Werner in my team, who was a complete punt with zero research. So him to Antonio, and then he sort of feels a bit dirty not maximising the funds. I even thought of bringing Manny You can swap in. him to Kane, though. Yeah, well, the, the the transfers that I was looking at with uh, Werner and... Uh, I think I can do Werner and um, uh, KDB to Son and Kane. I yeah, think I, I mean, do that's that. no, no brainer. I mean, you don't have to do both of them at the same, same time, necessarily. You can... Uh, you're never going to have Antonio and you're never going to have, uh, well, DLC is, looks like he's out for ages anyway, but you're not gonna, I'm not going to have Antonio then. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that's the... You need to be careful when you've not got your wild card now, though, because you, you need to be thinking what's happening in like five weeks' time and not you want to be bringing in players that have multiple game weeks down the line. You know, you want to be yeah. bringing in Villa players and... Uh, I've got a feeling West Ham don't have any additional games. 
you just see me check Ben Crellon on Twitter, you'll you'll see. But you know, Southampton Leeds obviously have an, an additional game. City have got an additional game, I think. But yeah, broadly, I'm just thinking City and Villa are the, the first ones. But one of Villa's additional games is happening tonight. So yeah, the the, the oh, it was for really frustrating week. Like I'm over a hundred points um, with the triple captain, largely off the back of John Stones and just solid people in my team. But you know, a lot of people have got much better scores than that, and the triple captain fail was was pretty tilting. Um, so yeah, it, it could it could have been so much more. It was all set up, you know, home game, triple captain on Salah, Robbo as well, and they got you know five points total out of it so I'm on 84 with one to play um, but yeah Werner Bamford Foden all blanking Rashford yeah that's partly because wow. you didn't use a chip like that's not so bad with without using a chip um, well, Cardi, but I would I would have hoped I would have hoped for more like I'm basically back to the same overall rank I was three weeks ago um, and yeah fair enough I haven't used the free hit chip but I'm not I'm not loving it Anyway, um, good luck. The rest so, of the season. Have we, have we done the fitness chat? You went. You went for a run today. Yeah, well, I called you earlier to set up this pod. I thought we'd have a chat on the phone, and you told me you'd gone for a run. Um, so I thought I'll go for a run too. So I did sixteen k. What? Because I did fifteen k. Yeah, and this is what probably. <laughs> Rather wanker character in my head when I was having a shower. I just thought those guys on Strava that always like they, they put in little descriptions of everything that they you know they put little descriptions of their runs. Like I've done, I've just done two hundred meters times five, then cool down for forty seconds. And it's really descriptive so that everyone knows exactly what they're doing. I thought this was meant to be a caricature of your friend Johnny because that doesn't sound anything like Johnny. It sounds more like your dad or Healy Smythe. My dad isn't really like Healy Smythe. <laughs> that is the that isn't really an impression of my dad. My dad was quite apparently my dad was quite a good runner when he was younger. Is that where anyway, you got it? Is that where you got it from? I'm a terrible runner. I mean, we know that. No, no, I did did want to just do slightly more than you. But then I was thinking about it as, as I was doing it. I thought you've got two kids and a wife, and you've got way less free time than me. So, in what way is me doing a slightly longer run than you in any way? Uh, an accomplishment well no but you also run much faster than me but i'm, I'm happy that i'm sort of up in the distance because i was usually just doing like a 10k and that taking like a bit over an hour uh and now i'm more running with both me and, and dal are both sort of running for an hour and a half um so yeah just sort of building up the distance but yeah not going far obviously c couldn't go very fast this morning because of the the ice it was pretty treacherous but yeah i, I ran to um halfords which is open because uh, like the repair centres are part of you know needed for COVID, and used a twenty pound gift voucher that I got for free from my car insurance from Confused dot com. Um, exercise chat with value purchase. Oh, chat. it's amazing! This is story time. Um, and I bought a rear bike light um, because the other one that I bought off Amazon has stopped. The on button doesn't work, so it seem it takes charge but doesn't seem to switch on. So. So yeah, I mean, it's just the little things. Twenty um, quid off though. Well, it, it was exactly twenty quid as well, and I kind of kind of felt bad for that. I felt ba a bit bad for that. I was telling you about the beer I bought using like sort of gift voucher and the free delivery. You know, at a time when all businesses are struggling, um, 
I basically spent 68p yeah, or something like, on plus plus Alfred. a voucher. Sorry? Um, but you need to be concerned for Halfords. I think they're doing all right. I think bikes, bike businesses at the moment are doing pretty well. I'm thinking about getting a new bike actually through my work because my work does that cycle to work scheme. So you can sort of take a, I don't know how it works. but Is there a cap on it? Because our cap at the moment is a grand and you can't actually buy like a good bike for, you know, you, you yeah. sort of talking about all the, um, what what are they called? Not cyclocross. There was another type of. Gravel bike. Yeah, gravel bike. Like I looked at them and that, you know, the starting price for all of them was a grand. Yeah, well, I, I, there's no there's no cap, so I can get what I like, which is obviously a risk with me because it means that I will spend five grand of my salary early doors and then just regret it. But it's all but tax bit- efficient. Like, as, if you're paying, if it, if it gets you away from paying high rate tax, then you're getting a forty percent discount on it. Effectively, it's just whether or not you want to put that in your pension pot instead. Which oh. I was, I spent a lot of a lot of my week, and I, I spent last Friday night, in fact, looking at um, pension stuff. But I was looking at the the civil service pension modeler as well. So, yeah, quite quite a fun fun little time I'm having trying to work out exactly when I could retire. It's not, it does, it's not good actually because it's just that classic thing about if you take one year off, you basically lose like five grand a year from your pension. So you end up you take like five years off and you've lost. It goes from so like forty grand a year to like twenty grand a year. Sorry. Did you get? Did you get to a date where you thought, in the calendar, mark it off, <laughs> circle, retire? It's just that it's thing about, it's it's linked to the state pension, so I think it will be 68 at the moment, and obviously that could keep going up, and, you know, obviously you could die before that anyway, hashtag morbid, but, you know, if you, you I think, realistically, you can't expect to live past 75, so it'd just be so grim to work all your life and then have to ret- only get to retire at 70 and then have a, have a terminal illness for a couple of years and then die. Um, so, so yeah, I guess it'd be amazing to retire before 60, but let's anything close to 60 would be, would be good. Maybe they'll, yeah, you might get lucky. They might be trying to like, you know, get rid of people around that time. You can put your hand on oh, it. The other thing I was thinking was you have to time it with the stock market as well, because obviously with your with your outside or stock market related investments if something happened you know if, if a covid thing happened like just before your 60th birthday when you're planning to retire then you'd, you'd be like oh fuck i've just lost you know a third of the value of my what will you do just move all into bonds at that point is that what people do yeah yeah they, they do they do um Next up, a recipe for concrete on this board. <laughs> I, I was getting into it quite a lot. And the other thing was the Bitcoin stuff. Obviously, I hadn't really appreciated that it's it, you have to pay capital gains tax on it, which sort of um, somewhat negates the idea of buying a coin and, and then the coin being worth like, let's say, 100,000 or, or, or more. Um, so, yeah, there's not, there's not really a great way around that. Um, although I, I think that makes one benefit of actually buying um trackers inside an isa that track uh bitcoin or or coins like that generally that i think that'd be a really bad idea but because you don't own the actual coins so there's always that worry that whatever tracker is buying them loses them somehow um but but yeah that that would seem to be one advantage of that and then i obviously 
spend my life on finance TikTok and try not get sucked into it. Like I'm just on the on all the sort of long term index ones, but you know there are there are ones where people are talking about options and calls and puts and all this sort of stuff. But then I was reading about GameStop, um, which is basically like a US computer game store. They do secondhand computer games, so bricks and mortar seems like an absolutely terrible. They're not really online. Seems like an absolutely terrible um, business model at the moment, and their shares were worth like you know sort of dollar a piece. Um, and yeah, a lot of I guess financially type firms, like legitimate um, ones within the industry, were were sort of um, shorting the stock. Um, so assuming that you know they were sort of borrowing money to and, and effectively. Um, saying right, the stock's going to go down over over a certain amount of time. But then there's this subreddit called Wall Street Bets, I think, and basically they just had this idea of just like buying all, all the stock and just like keep keep buying it, and the share price started to go up. And then the way that the the sort of options work is that if the share price shoots above a certain amount, then pe- the the person that was sort of gambling on it going down has to actually sort of find the stock and buy it. To, to like cover their position so then they have to try and buy it but there weren't actually that many um shares available so the the game stopped share price for no really seemingly un- underlying fundamental reason has just sort of kept going up and up and up and there's some people that have i think some guys made like seven million quid from having invested it at 50 grand like this time last year or something like that so it's it's kind of mental how like just for what? Arsenal, because of the Reddit thread, because they were just sort of—it sounds like they were just doing it to mess around with the shorters. Well, no, they—they are trying. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to make money, but it, it, I find it interesting from point of view of how, you know, a big a sort of group of anonymous people on TikTok or on Reddit can basically <laughs> stiff over like the sort of more institutional investors. Um, Meanwhile, this shitty company that's shitty—you're saying—is just has a stock value now of something probably way higher than it naturally should based on the product it's got. Yeah, it'll it'll come crashing down at some point, but I, yeah. I I don't know exactly what you do if you now sort of own own the shares and stuff, if you you try and sell out or you think it's going to keep going up. It's quite interesting. If you, yeah, if you, like Google GME short squeeze, it'll it'll come up. It's just super interesting. Not now. (laughs) Are you writing it down? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pod, pod's good, mate. But I might, I might. Um, your explanation was fine, but I might go and read about it now, live on the pod. Um, so yeah, that that was just sort sort of super interesting bit of finance chat. Okay, moving on. This is the pod that basically keeps up no um, regular features, no mailbag. Given up on the weekly music reviews, although as I've spoken about this before, the Thousand Albums project that a guy we know Craig is doing. Um, he reviewed um, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, and I think he gave it 7 out of 10, or maybe 6 out of 10, but we've just been listening to it non-stop. Um, the first sort of five or six songs of that album, just absolutely incredible. And then there was another one this morning called Race for Space by Public Service Announcement, I think they're called, and I didn't, I'd heard the name before, but I'd never heard any of their stuff, and they're basically a band that don't have a lead singer, but they sample, um, well, in the case of Race for Space, they're sampling... Um, I guess stuff that's on the public record about the space race. So all the sort of NASA people, all the um, 
Russian cosmonauts all that sort of stuff and they and the songs are just really good like so this this race for space is a concept album about the space race um like really great music but then for the voice or sampling in they they put in all all the sort of uh sort of famous speeches and um you know live bits so yeah definitely check it out check that out yeah I, I, when I, I when i've been going for my runs uh for some reason spotify doesn't have any way to listen to podcasts or music on my watch that i've got so i would have to take my phone with me which i really don't like doing but i found out recently that audible had like this really small number of podcasts and you can have it i can have it my watch so i've been listening to these audible you know audibles that the amazon um audiobooks company they've yeah. also got these podcasts i've been listening to some podcasts um it's quite good because there was one i was reading listening to it was about sort of um it was sort of like the key to happiness and about how about trying to get a good relationship with stress so i was just listening to this podcast just there and they were doing this study which i thought was really interesting where if you say you're afraid of public speaking apparently the your the body's reaction to the fear that you get with public speaking is basically identical to the body's reaction when you're excited about something so it's the same stuff happening it's just that you don't process it the same so they did this study where people would before they were going to do something like public speaking or you know karaoke they would tell themselves yeah this is really important and stressful and then they would compare that group of people to a group of people that told themselves to, to get excited this is gonna be really exciting and apparently the people that tell themselves something like that's gonna be really exciting perform significantly better and enjoy the process and yeah, I've, I've had to do I've heard that one before pretty interesting and i've had to do a few public speaking um events and i always do get kind of stressed about it a bit nervous so next time i do i'm gonna i'm gonna uh try that one you know just like run out onto the audience you know i mean it's obviously pure it's a good thing i mean the key the key to public speaking is actually to have a have something prepared to to start with have a good start um you know like our podcast uh, but yeah i remember do, doing the sort of training course at work and, and one of them was everyone had to go up and like walk up to the stage but as they're walking up to the stage they had to be like yeah i'm feeling really good i'm you know i'm not no i'm not nervous <laughs> obviously you don't say that i'm not nervous oh fuck i am nervous oh no <laughs> but yeah just like trying to pump yourself up and, and sort of be confident that sort of thing but yeah it's yeah it's right it's like a mindset thing and like channeling that but speaking of audible because we were talking about oh you try and send me the free one for um partridge but i started listening to Greenlight, the matthew well, mcconaughey thing yeah so i would never read the book i know i mean you know i'm not a big reader anyway but the fact that it's him talking and he's just got like the best voice and it is that his life story so it's just like him freestyling like as if it was in that scene from um oh excellent so so yeah it's good um but the one thing about i will say about that is that it is high on he's quite preachy and it's quite high on the sort of life advice and so I've, i find you know today I've, i realized i wasn't listening to it for like a minute here and there because you for some of that bits you have to really listen to it to actually sort of take it on all the sort of bumper sticker things and the little the or the other one i can't remember what, the other one he calls it but um there's that but then there's also the stories you know they're very detailed sort of stories and they are funny and, and interesting um the ones so far at least that i've listened to but um you need to sort of pay attention to them and i yeah, sometimes find myself zoning out because i'm starting thinking about something else when i'm when i'm running but now i've been enjoying it um so yeah yeah, no, definitely spot on. I think, as you say, it's the fact that he's narrating it that makes it 
because he's he obviously I, you can't imagine that the book would have as much he must have added a lot of extra content to the book you know his little laughs and there must be a few extra jokes and quips in there that are you know the, the thing that surprised me is it's only six hours long or so i mean is that yeah. how long it takes to read a book i thought it maybe it's just because nah. the only other audio book i listened to was like game of thrones and it's like 300 hours or something it's a short book you know yeah okay um yeah tv and film i've um we're listening we're watching the serpent now which is the sort of bbc drama about the sort of guy that murders hippies in southeast asia so um we've already watched an episode but everyone's we've been speaking to has been sort of already watched it and enjoyed it so that's that's pretty good finish handmaiden's tale it's just that classic thing about we just like tried to get through it by the end of it like series three is decent and better than series two but it's gone a bit I, I mean it's obviously based on a book i don't know how many books there are but it's gone a bit like classic american series trying to like milk yeah milk like pure both pumps both fucking barrels um full fucking dairy farming uh but cobra kai series three i think it was a good it's a, book, it's a good 10 episodes or so and the first i was like this is shit because the first three or four episodes were just garbage but the second half gets much better um, i just do and i have finally because season one was great but then season two obviously is old sensei shows up and it com becomes a bit cartoony but i think i've accepted that, that is what it is it's yeah. like he's a cartoon villain and it's a car it's a like I'm, I don't obviously I've not seen the bits that you've seen, but I can't imagine there's any redemption for Johnny. Like you know, he's just like an idiot. Johnny's and the best. Just, Johnny's the best character. Character, of course, but like I just watched the episode where uh, you know his kid, uh, Johnny's kid, is going to stay with Daniel, and Daniel's gone to meet uh, Johnny to talk about it. And in real life, you'd have a really serious conversation, one parent to another. But because the old senses there, Danny's just like you guys have never changed. It just doesn't even tell him. By the way, your your kid's going to stay with me for a couple of nights. You know where I live, you know, there's like, it's just like, it's like a cartoon. It's brilliant though. I think the word I was looking for last week was juxtaposition. Um, and that's, that's what the best thing about it is. Like, I just absolutely hate um, Ralph Macchiato in it. Cause he, he's so lame. Like he's, he is doing things largely from a good place, but he's just like such a goober. Whereas Johnny's like, obviously a bit of an idiot, but his heart's in the right place most of the time. You know, Steven Seagal is like obsessed with, he's like obsessed with Asian culture, right? Okay. And like that's what he gets, he gets the piss ripped out of him for being like total Asia file. Like he's just obsessed with like being a samurai. Ralph Macchio in The Karate Kid is obsessed with like, it's kind of a bit weird. Like I'm surprised that he gets away with it. You know, when he's got the wife and the cool house, like how does he get away with just like being completely obsessed, you know, having his own dojo in his back garden? Like, Obviously, I spent last night googling how to make my living room look like a Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes. It's very indulgent at points. Is there anything else you've been watching? Uh, the Simpsons. Oh, are you because because you got Disney Plus? I got Disney Plus, so I've been watching some trying to get like the twenty best Simpsons episodes and rewatch them. I watched Stonecutters the other day. Um, Is there a way of doing that? Like, do you have like a most viewed thing or? Not on Disney, but I just Googled a list and got a list from a... Do you um, not want to, like, try and start... Because I tried to do this with South Park as far as tried to start on a series that I'd sort of stopped on. Do you not want to try and, like, pick up where... 
It's not like it's got a linear story. Like that, you. I don't really care about. There's no development in the Simpsons. It's the worst one though. Watching like a really old episode that you see like a million times. Presumably, you do actually want to watch all the new ones. Yeah, yeah but I have. To, I well, I watched a couple of the old ones, um, and there were so many jokes that when I was a kid, I just didn't pick up on. Yeah. And there's this one episode where he's um, he's running, he's quitting his job, but he's running at Burns, and he's like got Burns in a headlock. And then he's leaving the power plant and he jumps in a golf cart. And then all of a sudden there's a river that you have to cross against the power plant. that's never there. He drives over the, the bridge, over the river, lights a match, throws it over and then the, the bridge burns. And of course the joke is he's burning his bridge. And it's just really funny and well done. When you're a kid, you never pick up on that sort of stuff. It's pretty, like, I think that your humor is way more uh, accessible for different ages than I probably ever gave it credit for. Yeah, oh, it's, it is amazing. I mean, it's... Uh, I, yeah, I have not watched it in 20 years, probably, but I'd be interested to know how good the sort of more recent episodes are. Like, obviously, yeah, they, they, they did move forward with quite a lot of things, like Flanders' wife dying and all that sort of stuff. I think still think that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, well, at least, yeah. I, remember, I don't know if they show the new ones on Channel 4, but I never watch it when it's on, on TV. Um Yes, you could start. Yeah, you could start in season fifteen and just power through, or season twenty. Um, yeah, I don't even know what season it would be. Like, has it been on every year, or did, they, did it take more than a year for them to do a season? I think it. I'm not sure. I mean, there would have to be what over thirty seasons by now. I think it might be twenty-four. That's the number I've got in my head. I do sometimes think what will happen when. What's the guy's name? Is it Dan Castellaneta, the voice for Homer? Like, what happens when he just decides, look, guys, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's boring. I mean, he, I do wonder, do you think he gets bored? Like, it's a pretty, do you think it becomes a really one-dimensional job? Yeah, they must get paid so much money, though. You know, I get that. And he, I mean, probably for quite an easy life, he doesn't, and doesn't do much. Voice, voice actors is slightly different as well. And I, I, they must all be ancient now as well. So they, I, I assume they quite enjoy getting together. I assume they're they're all pals. Yeah, probably. But what happens when he? I mean, obviously to go full circle. What happens when he dies? Does, do, do you think Fox or whatever the, or Disney? Do you think they'll try and like keep it going somehow? Or do they'll, you think they'll... they'll probably reboot it? But yeah, they they should they should knock it on the head. Because like what Lionel Hutz guy died, didn't he? Yeah. A lot of the old characters. The voice actors died, or one of the even the Edna Krabappel, the teacher, she died. Okay, my daughter's interrupted the pod. That might that might be a a sign to call it for this week. Okay, that was great. I don't think there was anything. The only other stuff I wanted to talk about was um. Yeah, we seem to, well. We're, we're using our uni pizza oven for the first time, so you find out next week how that how that goes. We're about to have um, pizza for dinner, um, and the other thing is we've been eating a lot of fermented food. Um, Alice making her own kefir, which is like a sort of milk-based drink. Um, yeah, we're eating sort of kimchi and that sort of thing, um, and then yeah, still on the non-alcoholic beers, but getting through January somehow. Uh, and I've just started to order more beers. I've ordered from Ridgeside Brewery. Who have that? It's like amazing lemon sour called Picard, which I think you you all know about. Um, like amazing branding, but like really nice sour as well. And they've got a little fifteen percent off and free delivery. So 
they'll all be waiting for me come February the 1st. And we can talk about my dating, which you've got for the second week running forgot to ask me about. Oh, fuck. Okay, see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.